You're listening to the Speaking Tongues podcast. I'm your host, El Sharice. Each week, I sit down to a conversation with multilinguals where we discuss and celebrate language, life, and culture through our own perspectives. Episode 86, Speaking Jamaican Patois. language lovers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. My guest today is Raul Blaze, a man of many talents, including radio show host, workout instructor, social media personality, and most recently, poet. And today, we're talking about his language of Jamaican Patois. Raul talks to us about growing up in rural Jamaica with a curiosity to see and experience the world. He tells us about the Patois spoken there in Jamaica and how there are connections to West African languages and other languages spoken in the Caribbean. He illustrates the differences in Patois spoken all over Jamaica, including how pronunciation changes and words are used differently. We talk about code switching among older Jamaicans and how Hollywood movies and television do a disservice to Jamaicans and Patois speakers accent-wise. He tells us about Jamaican culture beyond the stereotypical things that many people associate with the island and the connection between Jamaican spirituality and Jamaican music. Now, right before the recording of this episode, Raoul found out that his book of poetry, Fimi Patois, would be published, and he shared this news with us in the recording. The book is available now on barnesandnoble.com if you're curious to read in the Patois language. Now, I've read it, I loved it, I highly recommend it. Big, big thank you to Raoul for sharing Jamaican language and culture with us in this episode. If you enjoyed this episode of Speaking Tongues, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Tongues podcast on Apple Podcasts, and like and subscribe on YouTube so that other language lovers like ourselves can find the show. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show or even a recent listener, you can now support the show on buymeacoffee.com. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Tongues. I'm so happy today to have my guest, Raul, to talk to us about his languages. How are you today, Raul? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. And and like I said, I'm so happy to talk to you. And I'm happy that uh, we had this we have this time to, to really sit and, and get into language together. I like to start each episode with the same question. And that is, what is your first language? And which languages have you learned to speak? I'd say most, if not all Jamaicans, I'd say the first languages are two. Um, because in the formal system, we do English, but you grow up talking to your friends with Patwa. So I would say English and Patois are my first languages. And which languages have you learned to speak? Any others? Ah, yes. I've learned to speak uh, in high school. I learned to speak Spanish. And um, in university, I learned to speak French. And I picked up Portuguese in my last year of university. Mm -hmm. And um, lived in Japan for years. So I learned to speak Japanese there. And... um, Living in South Florida right now, and having associations with the, with the, with the Haitian population here in South Florida and and around the world, I'm learning Creole right now. 
Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that drew you to wanting to learn to speak different languages? I think it's just um, natural born curiosity. I think from a very young age, I grew up in in a place called Smithville, Clarendon, which is rural, one of the most rural places in Jamaica. And um, I've always been interested in trying to find out what was beyond my small district, as they call it. So I wanted to understand the world beyond my small scope of what I see, because I always had a wide and a broad and a insatiable imagination. So I think mm -hmm. it's my curiosity and my imagination that you know made me want to know the, more about the world and learn languages. How is your knowledge of so many different languages and especially, you know, living in Japan and, and having that opportunity, what was that experience like as you were able to pick up these languages and start communicating with people who have backgrounds so different than yours? Spanish. It was easier for Spanish because it was in the curriculum, right? So, well, regarding speaking, for most of my time learning Spanish, I didn't speak with natives because in Jamaica, we don't get to interact with a lot of natives. However, when I got to university, um, our professors were predominantly Cuban and had Colombian and Chilean, but but that was my first um, ability to interact with natives, being on campus, doing Spanish literature and languages. And then we'd have um, events with the Spanish club of, of the University of the West Indies, Mona, in Kingston. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a thing called Noche Latina, which is Latin night, a once a year put on is it with um, the modern languages department and we'd, we'd extend the um, invitation to the, the embassies in Kingston or the consulates. And um, they would they would come by and that was my first interaction with native in Spanish. I, I taught Spanish, but that wasn't communicating with natives. When I came to Florida, um, which was the first state I came outside of Jamaica, then I realized just how, 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 how important it was to speak Spanish living in Florida. Because mm -hmm. when you fly into Miami International Airport, it's predominantly like, it's, it's almost like you're flying into, into Guadalajara or, or you're <laughs> to, to, to Havana. Because, you know, people, if you don't speak Spanish, it's, it seems so weird to them. Like, because if you're going to a Spanish-speaking country and not landing in an English-speaking country. And with French, it was the same thing. Um, I didn't have much experience speaking with natives in French. But um, I, it was the same thing. I was the vice president of the, of the, of the French Society of University of Indies, And we, my, my lecturers, again, were, were from Guadeloupe and Haiti and from Paris in France and um, I would speak to my professors and um, now every now and then when I when I travel when I was in Japan I would come across French speaking people who needed directions or just regular conversations and with Portuguese now the same thing <laughs> speaking to my professor and being in Florida communicating when I when I hear someone say hey, hello Portuguese I speak Portuguese I get into a conversation with them with Japanese my most natural approach to language learning and immersion was Japan, of course, because I was, after learning to speak 
all these other languages, I was thrust in a situation where I didn't speak the language of that country. So that was the ironic part. I learned languages, but when I, but not the language of the country, the first country I lived outside of my country. So uh, <laughs> it was very ironic. And then, so I, I speak out of all the languages I speak, even though I'm good at them, I'm, I speak Japanese more naturally. Not that it's my best, but it's more natural because I learned Japanese by living in Japan. And with regard to the Creole, no, I'm learning it the same way from people in South Florida speaking it on the street. So that's the that's mm-hmm. story of how I communicate with natives and different backgrounds. I think that's so interesting how we're able to, the you know, if we live someplace else and we have to learn the language quickly in order to survive once we're out of that situation it's like that's the language that we can recall the fastest do you have that where like japanese is maybe you know maybe the first language that you can recall really quickly because you 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 had to do it at one point in order to get by in japan i i'm a matter of fact i've never thought about it until you when you were saying that thought I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I've never been able to articulate it, but I've, I've thought about it because even though I speak Spanish fluently, my degree is in Spanish, and I did Spanish literature and languages. I've written in Spanish. I've, you know, I, I've translated. I've done everything. But Japanese comes more naturally because it was a more based on necessity. And um, I lived there, so Japanese rolls off my tongue way, way naturally than Spanish and other languages. And... Um, and even the other day when I was at my Zumba class, just Friday, um, I realized that there was a, there was, there was an, an Asian um, girl in my class dancing. And because every time I see someone Asian, I wish they're Japanese so I can get to, you know, use them. <laughs> but you know that you don't have a lot. In South Florida, most of the Asian people you see are Chinese. That's anywhere in the world. Chinese are Vietnamese, but Japanese people don't really, wouldn't be living down here in Florida. But um, she was dancing. And when she walked up, I said, Nihonjin desu Which means, are you Japanese? And she said, what to me? I said, Nihonjin desu ka? I said, yes. She was so happy. She jumped like, she was, she was surprised. Like, did you ask me if I'm Japanese in Japanese? And I told her, in the middle of the class, we'll talk later because um, I lived there and she got so excited. And, um, you know, and, 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 and later on of the class, we had an hour conversation in Japanese because she was glad to be able to speak the language that rolled off her tongue, you know, and I was glad to speak the language that roll off my tongue based on the fact that I lived there. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy you had that experience. That must have put such a smile on your face. <laughs> and, and, and and she was happy because she doesn't have, she doesn't have, she just moved here, but she doesn't really have anything to speak. And even though she said she didn't enjoy speaking English, but there's nothing like speaking her own language, you know? So mm-hmm. I was glad and she was yeah. glad. So we were, we were both glad together. <laughs> so I want to ask you about Fatwa. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I just want to preface by saying, like, I grew up, born and raised in New York City, and I've listened to a lot of Jamaican Patois over time. Um, I am not Jamaican by heritage, but um, I just love listening to people speaking Patois with one another. And, you know, obviously, we hear it in the music that we all love and and certain parts of the city, certain parts of the city, you hear it. more frequently than others, but um, if you know, I would love to know um, about the language and maybe what some of the, are there languages that have influenced Patois? Um, Are there any similarities that Patois has to um, other languages spoken in the Caribbean region? Um, And just 
you know, tell me what you know about about Jamaican patois. Okay, so 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 so, so pat, first of all, patois is, I would say, the words on patois are, I would say, almost ninety percent, um, um, from English. You know, um, the words are the words, it, it, the English words on patois we just pronounce them differently, and that pronunciation comes from an African descent. If you realize all, in all countries where that were colonized, you know, you know, colonization was a terrible thing. Um, but in all countries that were colonized, the people who speak a dialect of that language of the colonizers, regardless of what language is it, whether, whether they were colonized by French or, or Spanish or, or, or English, they, the, 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 the language that they speak all have this, I would say, this roughness to them, you know? This str- mm. the strength on their vowels, the U's and the K's, you know? And that I think that is where, that is the link that um, the languages have with West Africa. Because even though, it, even though 95% of it is from English, even the way we use our sentences with English words are different and they can be traced back to, to West Africa. Um, the other words, a lot of words now are from directly from West Africa themselves. I realized that um, um, dopi, which is ghost or demon or whatever, it's come from dope from you know from, from Congo, and mm. so 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 we're, so, so the, the main region that our words come from are the the Asante tribe, Twi language, Congo, and that West African era. So so words like even like um. We have um, patu for for owl, you know. And I was speaking to my friend from from Haiti, and I realized that he was listening to this thing called gede. So gede is what Haitians um, do at the night when someone dies. You know, I don't know if you've ever mm. you've never been to Jamaica, but if you go to Jamaica the night, then the, when someone dies, there's a wake for the person. You know, and mm-hmm. that wake is 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 is, is um, performed in almost every place where you have African. We had African slaves. Um, it, 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 it's a lively night of, of dancing, and it, it includes um, the enchantment of our, of, 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 our, of our ancestors. And then when he said Gede, he was saying Gede all the while. And when I look at it, it's in Jamaica, it's Gere, G E R E, Gere, G E R R E H, I believe. But in, in Haiti, it's Gede. So what happened was that maybe because they were we were both occupied and colonized by different people. It's the same thing. The same concept, mm. some of the word change. So a lot of the words we have are from the West African region, but because of the influence of both Spanish or French or English, they got different pronunciations. But um but but that's where our common bond is. So yes, even though our our language that we speak may be 85%, 90%, unless for Haitian Creole with, with French. Maybe for maybe for Haitian Creole French is maybe Maybe thirty percent or forty percent, but um, the, the the words are influenced by the colonized language, but the pronunciation, some of the meanings are coming directly from West Africa. Of course, um, you have a few words, for example, in um, pitney, we have in for 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 child in in Jamaica, yeah, pequeño, for, for means small in Spanish and pequeño, which means small or child in Portuguese. I don't remember, so that's one word. Um, me. Me, which is a positive pronoun in um, Spanish, we use in, 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 in Patois. Um, me, 
my book, my shoes, you know, my book, my shoes, you know, my mother, mm. father, you know. So, so most of it is is is, is English is English words, but the pronunciation is different than some of the words that are direct from West Africa, with some dotting of words from port from um from um Portuguese, Spanish, French, and even some 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 Indian and Chinese words because. In the Indians and Chinese came here later as indentured servants when slaves got free from the plantation. So that is that, that is how the language came about um, per se. A whole history lesson. Thank you. Yes. I like that. And I, I, <laughs> I never made that connection either between like me in Spanish and the me in Patois. And that's like so obvious. It's like right in front of my face. And... I didn't even realize it until you just said it. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so as you said that many Jamaicans will have English and they'll have Patois as their <laughs> their native languages together, mm-hmm. where, and I guess how do Jamaicans use one over the other? Is it like you only speak Patois in certain situations or... How did what's the breakdown like? The breakdown is in, in whenever it comes to formal situations, like in schools, we don't we, like lessons. Aren't, there's a debate now, there's a debate now that password should be used as a means of educating kids because some kids are only exposed to password. You know, there are some parts of Jamaica, deep rural Jamaica, where they're on thing kids and adults know it's password, even though, of course, they speak English and can write and read it, but password is what they live on a daily basis. But when it comes to the post office, um schools you know government so in the in the formal sector is that is it's, it's like it's like the the, the, is the economy on the black market the, the main economy is english and the black and the black market per se without a negative mm. competition is patwa so so if you go say you go to the 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 the, the bank you know you want to withdraw some money from from scotia you know the person at the lady at bank of nova scotia as well say good evening mr davis um what are you are you what are you doing job man today right but if you should go downtown Kingston or the Coronation Market to buy some yam and some fish, you know, it's a good evening. If this speak like that, of course, the price has gone up by five times, you know? So, <laughs> so, so you know, so, so even, we have, we have some yam, much for the yam, much for the, you know, much for the, much for the pity, that, much for the fish, you know? You can't, you can't, give, you can't give me a blood, you can't take off something for the price. It's very large, it's too expensive. So it's a different, so when it's become more colloquial and it's more, Patwa is closer to the heart to Jamaicans than English, you know? So that's why I mm-hmm. say it's more close to the heart than, than English. Mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela says, when you speak to someone in the language of their colonizers or in, another, or in another language, you speak to them to their head. But when you speak to someone in their language, you speak them to their heart. So, so, um, yeah, so Patwa is like that. Do you think there will be an opportunity for kids to... Um, be able to speak patois in school there's this that there's this debate going on um but this, because unfortunately um there there are a lot of things we have to unlearn from from colonization um all of us all of us in some way are are colonized because even now even now the fact that whenever we see a, a black person a dark skinned person we have to start reinforcing ourselves, oh, that's a beautiful black queen, or that's a handsome black man. We're enforcing these words of beauty on, on our black brothers and sisters because for years we were never, that wasn't the standard of beauty, you know? It's always 
the light, the light skinned people, you know, and even the Caribbean people bleach to look light skinned. So in regard to some people bleach. And just just so when it comes to patron English, people say this thing that offends me all the time. And I try to re-educate people. When someone because all over Jamaica there are different versions of versions of patwa. So where mm-hmm. I'm coming Clarendon, my patwa is really, really rough. And some parts in St. Elizabeth and Manchester. No, we have this thing in Jamaica where we say, oh, you chat bad. And this chat bad is not something that we told ourselves that we chat bad. You know, because no one would consider the language of their ancestors as something bad. But what happens is that um, the, in- the British have told us for many years that, that you know, if, if you don't talk English, you chat bad. You know, so we have, we, we, we believe it now. You know, when you hear something a thousand times, you believe it because... That's what we do. So if someone from St. Elizabeth come and speak a certain way or clarity, it's a lot of chat body. However, if you speak perfect English, you talk good. And that is something, one example of our mental slavery that we will never, we don't notice it. We don't stop and say, why are you speaking the, the language of my colonizers? It's a good thing. But speaking the language that is made by us bad, that is something that's colonized. So when it comes to teaching in school, there's a big debate of, Lord, you teach your kids them to chat bad, which is a very, very mentally enslaved mentality to, to, to have in the first place. And people believe that if you teach the kids Patwa, they won't learn English. Because we're thinking that our kids are not going to learn English without Patwa. That is, that is rubbish. Because kids can be bilingual. Kids are the smartest thing. We're not counting on how smart kids can be. And there's no proof that has ever been shown that by teaching something else, um, while being exposed to other, that the kids will lose it. So the, 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 there's this idea that they want to teach it in schools, but it will get a fight back because we, we Jamaicans have been convinced by the devils who colonize that our language is the bad thing and theirs is the good thing. So that, that, is, the mm-hmm. struggle, that is the struggle with trying to have um, Patwa being taught in schools because our own Jamaican people would be against it. Not because we... We're originally against it, but we've been told for hundreds of years that what everything we do is bad and everything that is formal in English is good. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I try to do, especially with this show, is just try to really highlight the Patois and the Creole kind of languages, because I think a lot of us, especially of Caribbean descent, mm-hmm. we were told that in one way or another that you know, if we're not speaking like the queen or if we're not speaking proper English and, and that term, I put it quotes around proper English um, or speak a proper language, just just like what you said. Um, you know, I hope that conversations like this will help people to kind of understand and see the value in a language like Patois or in a language like Creole and not be the thing to make people realize it, but I, I do believe that talking about it and having more conversations like this help to knock down those doors and, and change people's mentality to just kind of see where the value is. Um, so I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, I wanted to ask you about the the changes in in patois on the island and you kind of touched on that just a little bit but how does patois change depending on where you are in jamaica like if you live in kingston or you live in the country like how does the language itself change um it's mainly the the, the pronunciation it's the same language but pronunciation and certain words for example um people in my 
people in, people in my um, community would say, instead of saying um, um, regular patwa, would I climb the tree? Me climb the tree, right? But there are some people in my part of my where I'm promising me claim, claim become, become claim, me claim. Mm. Yes. And um, in standard part of people say, um, uh, may I go down to the market to buy some tomato? You know, but if you come from deep rural Jamaica, say, may I go down to the market to buy some tomatoes? <laughs> so whenever you, speak huh. a, you, whenever you speak a certain way, people can kind of tell where you're from. And Mobe people use this word called de. Western Jamaica use de as in am. So if I say, I am going to me ago, or you are going you ago, right? Montego Bay people, or Western Jamaican people would say, me de go, or him de go, or you de go. So you can, you can pick up words. You can hear people use words. And if someone is not from Kingston, you know automatically. Because Kingston people speak Patwa with a little, a little drawing of their words. And you know, more, there's more slang in Kingston words. Like I could say something like, um, no one, our time ago, that is normal, right? But someone from, our time ago, you know, or from our time ago, yeah, go by there. I look at slang, you know, yeah, go by there. So, yeah, man, yeah, go by there. Later, call the party, I keep someone from deeper. So, yeah, me go by there. Later, call the party, I keep over there. I want to go. It's more, you know, it's unrefined, and I don't mean a bad way, you know, refined as in people, we have. Or the stuff refined, but it's not as 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 flowing. It's more, it's rougher and richer, you know. So you can hear someone speak and know that either they're not from Kingston or specifically where they're from. If, if I say something like, you know, um, 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 if I say like, if it wasn't for, you know, if uh, if I if, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for um the food, if it wasn't for Miss Blake. Um, I wouldn't pass math, right? A regular standard part would be if, if I never have a Miss Blake, mo, you know, I wouldn't pass math. But someone like from my district and maybe other rural parts of Jamaica would say, if I name Wayne if I name Wayne Fee, Miss Blake, I wouldn't pass. If I name Wayne Fee, if I name Wayne Fee, the cafeteria, I would I dead to hunt, you know? If I name mm. Wayne, if I name Wayne Fee, the preacher, I wouldn't baptize. So, <laughs> so we have different ways of using words or combined words based on where we're from but mm -hmm. same language but it's like it's just that like you can pick up that hey you're not from you're not from kingston and then now apart from kingston itself you have the uptown patwa people from upper class jamaica whose patwa is is different huh mm -hmm. that's a question that i wanted to ask you too um and this is just based on like my own personal encounters with with Jamaican people living in the U.S., um, I've noticed that certain, like people of a certain age, mm -hmm. I would say maybe sixties, seventies or so, mm -hmm. um, I feel like they code switch very frequently between like, um, like just an American accent, mm -hmm. a Jamaican accent, mm -hmm. and this like mix of like jamaican british yes. patois yeah. do you notice that they do they do they do and and those people are people who use what what age range you said again older right older 
Yeah, like 60s, 70s so, age. So they, though they were, when Jamaica got independence in 1962. So even though we still learn British English, they were around when Jamaica were still officially under the crown birthday or a little bit after. So they can speak in that era per se, and they can speak normal Potter, quote unquote, and they can, but and they, those people of that age, they've been in the United States longer than like me and other people, so they can switch into a regular American accent. So those people, that's what they do. They can switch out of a sound like, you know, send me, you know, send me, you know, yeah, man, Jamaica, Jamaica come from, you know, but, but they can also say, but wait, Jamaica come from, man, you know, have a little British thing to it. It's a long time in a good Jamaica, you know, because I can't wait to go to Jamaica to have some nice, nice ackee and saltfish. So here it's some puzzle, but it's like a British, right? So mm. they can do that. And then can say, no man, we can't talk, we can't, we not care if we chat with puzzle, but sometimes one time we talk in one different way. That's why I mean, not care on my list, you know? And they can talk like a, in, in, a, in an American English person. So that's why they talk like that, because they were around during that time of pre-independence and very, very post um, early post independence. They've been here long, mm-hmm. but at the core they are Jamaican, so they can chat. They can chat the patwa like a real Jamaican smuddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because I had a a colleague once um, who's older, and I would observe I would observe her, and she would speak to certain clients just with like a very you like American accent. But then if it was, you know, people came in to uh, the office and, and they were also Jamaican, then she could get into the Patois. And I loved listening to it. But then if there was ever someone who came in that was that she wanted to impress or someone that she wanted to, um, you know, just really, you know, give a, a great first impression, she'd always have this that that partially british partially jamaican accent and i just thought it was like so interesting to be able to do that and to have those different levels and i guess i was wondering also if 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 that's common um you know for people to do that and i i'm thinking about it because it seemed to me that the the register that she would have when she wanted to impress someone particularly if it was like a white person um it would become this like you said uptown so that really made me think about it too it was just kind of like like almost hiding the jamaicanness in her voice yeah so it's not necessarily and that was it's not necessarily um hiding or being ashamed of our jamaicanness but remember, we were, it's, it's go back to, as I told you, what we, we were taught. We were taught that proper means British, you know? So even though we can't recognize it that we're doing that, but that's how we were socialized. Proper means British. So so if we're going to talk, we're going to talk like that, you know? And so, and sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and also, also, you're going to say, ah, so well ago, my father, my father just said. <laughs> and also, if you are, and if you, when, when we go to standard English, because Jamaicans can code switch between English and Patois. But when we go to standard English, um, the English that comes from our mouth would be more uh, British English than American. Mm. Like kids who come here, kids who come here recently, of course, they wouldn't sound like that. But someone, even like myself, people have asked me for 
why I sound a little bit British when I speak English. That's because that's the kind of English we learned in Jamaica. You know, right. so even now, if I'm if I'm talking now, I can also talk like this, and it sounds as if I'm oh, there's this faint British kind of accent in it because that's how we learned to speak proper. Because proper is associated with sounding more British in our English. But but right. oh, I can talk like this, and the funny thing is, Jamaicans don't realize that. I am talking to you now in perfect English, but I'm talking with a very strong accent. A strong accent doesn't mean that you're not speaking English, but that is a mistake right. that they me, me, make. They believe that if they're talking to you, but the accent is strong, you're not talking English. I speak many languages, and if someone wants to speak to me, I'm not going to get rid of my accent. Some people can't help it because they've been here for a while, but some people purposely try to hide their accent. Me, I don't care. I'm going to talk just like this because you can understand me. So if you want to be ignorant and trying to judge me based on my accent and not my, my grammar, that is your fault. But I won't right. hide my accent to, to please you when you can clearly understand every single thing I'm saying, but just that I have a strong Jamaican accent, you know? So, th mm -hmm. so, so there, there's a politics and, and, and social things behind it. It's amazing that you observe that. I mean, I don't think that I didn't realize that other non-Jamaicans could observe that. So that's that's amazing that you ask the question. I think I'm 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 a I'm a listener and I'm an observer. Okay. Um. So I think that you know, even though I I wouldn't always understand what she was saying, but I just I really thought it was interesting. And um, you know, she was in in that age group that I you know that I mentioned, like you know, yeah. she was in her sixties or or seventies at the time. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I just thought it was so cool. I thought it was really, really cool. And I think it's, you know, another one of our superpowers as black people that yeah. we can <laughs> we can do it. We can code switch based on who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, so since you 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 mentioned accent mm -hmm. and I want to ask you about this horrible thing in Hollywood when people put on um, an accent, a Jamaican accent, a Caribbean accent. <laughs> oh my God. I just... oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. It, 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 oh. Yeah, I, I finished the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I always say to myself, why not? You know what? I know you're trying to make a budget or whatever, but but Hollywood is Hollywood is so um, they don't really care about about our, our culture in one's culture because mm -hmm. when they take the accents, first, first of all, the Caribbean accent is maybe one of the most difficult accents to do. Trini, Bayesian, you know, Trini, Bayesian, Guyanese, Saint Lucian, Grenadian, all of us similar, but there's these nuances. But they believe that they can just take this one accent. That sounds like somebody who went to Bahamas for a day from Florida on a, on a cruise and come back over and smoke one spiff of marijuana. And that's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that is it. And the thing is, why not just 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 just, just get get a native, you know, um, get a native, um, give someone a break in Hollywood, you know, but but every single there's never been one, there's never been one Caribbean movie with an actor who's non-native, who has given the, the accent justice. 
The only person who came close and she was still disgusting was Calypso from um, Paris of the Caribbean. She was. I was thinking that too. She was terrible. But white people thought she was great because she come because they've been they they they're used to it. So they thought she would. But Calypso was terrible. But because she came the closest, we say you know what. We can't, I don't, I don't people, we can't win. We'll just take this one. Let me just take this one, because we now go. <laughs> so, um, the, the thing about the Caribbean accent is, I tell people that the reason why no one, I would love to be a speech coach in Hollywood, but the, what I say about the accent, the Caribbean accent is not just, it's a vibe. So, it, it's hard to learn without living there for a while or being a native speaker, you know? Because most mm-hmm. of the Caribbean, it's, 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 people have asked me, where does this? accent come from us it's a vibe patro is also a vibe as much as it's a language you know it's this cool thing where you know we just lay back and you have to be very relaxed when you're talking the creoles from the caribbean jamaicans you know um trini because it takes a sense of cool and calmness in mm-hmm. your voice to do these so if you're trying so hard and you want to sound like you, you you're having pina colada and being caught in the rain it's not gonna work, um, ma'am. So just, <laughs> so just, just chill. Give a young person, and if you want a white person, get a white person from the Caribbean. We have so much white people, but don't, don't, don't try us like that. You know, you know, worth it. You know. <laughs> I totally agree with you, and you know what? As um, insult to what you said about Calypso, mm-hmm. I think the actress who played her is British Jamaican. Yes, so that's why, and that's maybe that's why she was able to to dip in something, but she wasn't born. You know, she was able, to, and you could have you could have got British Jamaican accents of actors who can talk possibly because I've heard British kids born over Britain who maintain it because some I've heard a few people before. Most people who are born here can't do the, the accents, right? But I've heard a few who I was convinced. There's this one girl I was convinced. She was born in Jamaica. So no, she born here, but just because she always goes to the events. And you know, when people are with the foreign kids, she's sitting there with her auntie and uncle, listening to them I play domino, you know, and then give her, you know, the Caribbean we drink from we young. You know, we don't that's why that's why Caribbean people don't really get drunk that much because we've been having alcohol since we were like, you know, yeah. Hit a hurt, yeah, fever, some rum here, you know. Rub it by your head, drink it, you know. The Christmas mm-hmm. time the Christmas and Thanksgiving come. The Christmas cake alone, a rum cake full of rum. So, <laughs> so they are rum. Those people observing, observing the culture, drinking the rum and eating the rum cake. So they are they are able to speak, do the accent better than someone who is not exposed as much. In Jamaica, for for anyone who's not been to Jamaica, um, including myself, unfortunately, I'm long overdue because I have a girlfriend in Kingston who's like. What are you waiting for? Come visit already. <laughs> I haven't had a, I haven't had the opportunity. Uh, oh Lord, because nowadays, nowadays Kingston is like each time I come back to Kingston, I'm like so wait, um, you guys can rest one night. You have to, have, you have to have something to do on every night in Kingston. So you're gonna love Kingston, you know. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for people who have yet to visit and visit the beautiful country of Jamaica, yeah. um, when we go there. Mm-hmm. Are we likely to see patois written anywhere, um, on maybe street signs or in you know maybe on menus, or is it primarily a spoken language? Um, do you 
Do you ever see it in like poetry or any any literature or anything like that? So the only, the on, I wouldn't say the only, but the 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 the, 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 the irony is that part Jamaican is even though Jamaica is known for patois, people people come to Jamaica because they want to hear, you know, they want to hear, you know, they want to hear patois, but it's not written anywhere. So you'll hear, but you won't see written. But or we consider this lady Louise Bennett. Louise Bennett is the mother. This is the mother of Jamaican Creole and, and poetry because when we were going to school, we did have the only reference we have is this book called Jamaica Labrish. Jamaica Labrish by the Honorable the Late um, um, O.D. Louise Bennett Coverley. She's known to Jamaicans by Miss Lou. She's everybody's auntie. You know, she died. She would have been 100 this year. Um, mm. Miss wrote a book called Jamaica Labrish where everyone who's been to school in Jamaica has had to learn at least three of her points. And even now, when they have, when they have um, competitions, if you go to a school in Jamaica, a primary school in Jamaica, what they call elementary school over here, and they're having any events, if someone comes and visits, one child would be, would be uh, performing a poem from Louise Bennett Coverley. So she, have you ever heard about her before? I haven't. Yeah, she, 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 she is what? So if you're someone, if you're if you're someone who's interested in patwa, not the music, anything, your 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 search with, with, with when it comes to writing and, and looking at the writing, your search should begin with Miss Lou. Miss Lou is the mother of Jamaican patwa. And she, every kid in school has had to learn a Miss Lou poem. So she is what patwa is. When you think of patwa and who represents patwa in writing, we have maybe just her. And you have other people now like Joan Andrea, Joan Andrea Hutchinson, who was at her to try to keep the, 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 the fire alight. But because we didn't learn to write it, many people are afraid to do it. But it's, we write it in our songs. We dance our songs. Mm. But um, um, it, it's, um, it's so funny that you, that you um, we are having this today because today, I don't know if I told you I was working on a, on a book of poetry. Um, my book of poetry was, is similar to that from Louise Bennett because she's my idol and everyone in Jamaica who wants to write. She's my idol. And um, I've been working, a book of, uh, working on a book of 10 poems. It's called 10 Poems, um, 10 Proverbs and One Story. And I just got the text when I was on the bus before having this meeting that my, my manager told me that the book just got published today. So I didn't get to... Yes, I didn't get time to market it because she, on Barnes and Noble, she just saw that they just published it. So I'm going to have to use. Um, today is the first time I'm, you're the first person. No one knows it. I'm going to post in about an hour. But my book. Raul. Yes. So. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So when, when, when it came out, I'm like, when I just before when when I came on the call and my manager said, I'm like, oh my god. This, my book, I searched in Barnes and Noble myself. I'm like, I searched, it's the book is called Timmy Patwa. And I saw my name and my, I'm like, oh my God, this is real. So I'm going to have to, I'm like, oh yes, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. But it's so weird because it's still new to me that my book written in the style of Louise Benita is released today when I'm having a, a podcast interview about Patwa. So, yes. So, so, so added to Miss Lou, you can find, um, you can find written Patwa in poetry from Raul Davis, which Raul Blaze is my stage name, but Raul Blaze is my author's name as of today. Yes. Congratulations. I would clap, but you're not supposed to do that on a recording, but. <laughs> yes, thank you. 
<laughs> I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to check it out. This is so exciting. Yes. And I'm 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 a really big um you know what's interesting because like I love to read and I feel like there's so much that I want to read and I never see Caribbean authors as often as I feel like I should. So the last couple of years, I've really been making an effort to try to read authors from different parts of the Caribbean and and support them and poets as well. So I'm so happy to support you. And I, you know, for anyone listening, I would love to, I'm going to put a link to where they can get your book in the show notes, because I believe in Caribbean authors and poets. And I think that we need to lift one another up and, and also pay attention to the literature that comes out of this rich region. Um, it's so important. We, we, we actually have, um, we have some great authors, um, Caribbean. We have, um, we have, um, uh, oh my God, Claude McKay is a very rich, mm. very good writer from the Caribbean. And also, the Man Booker Prize about two years ago was from a Jamaican author. Um, the, 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 the history or the story of seven killings. It was yes, a, Marlon, Marlon. What was his name? Mar- Marlon something, yes. So he wrote mm-hmm. that about, I think it was election in 1980s because, you know, unfortunately, our elections in the past were very bloody. And, um, you know, so so we have brilliant authors, but they don't get the space. And we have very right. few other, we have, and among that, we have even fewer who write in, in, in the Caribbean jargon. So my book is completely in Patwa. And you can find them on the Nobles, yes. So excited for you. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. So... <laughs> um, Let's 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 talk about culture for a minute. I know that and I hope that everyone listening has um you know has heard a thing or two about Jamaica or or knows a thing or two because there are so many cultural touchstones. I think Jamaica has so many cultural exports that we all take part in and um I I hope we all do. I know I do. But yeah. beyond the 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 dance hall, beyond Bob Marley, beyond the um James Bond beyond 007. Um, what are some things that you feel capture the heart and the spirit and the of the diversity of Jamaican people? Some things that if you had an opportunity to tell someone about Jamaica mm-hmm. and what it really is about that they may never even realize, like what would you what would you tell them? I would I would go back to to to, to music because um, people don't know that apart from so reggae and dance all are just the, 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 the products of genres that came long before, like like um ska, which I see people have a ska from um some other people. I'm like, that's not ska. ska. You need to listen to real ska. So ska, um, um no, ska and um rock steady and and mentor, but all of these are coming from or African roots, you know, or music. I, I what I would tell people to do is Google Kumina. Google Kumina music in Jamaica. Kumina are dinky mini. These are direct. When you look at them, you are listening to the sounds of, 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 of West Africa, you know? The Congo region, mm-hmm. the Nigerian Delta. So I would say our music and our, our art, our music and our spirituality, because our music and our spirituality is tied together. Um, unfortunately today, or, 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 so this is very controversial in Jamaica. Jamaicans are almost 100% Christians, right? But if you, 
And it, I understand the controversial and contra, controversial nature of it. And when I put it on my, whenever I talk about it on my page, I know I'm going to get pushbacks. But the reason why we push back things is because we don't know. But sometimes when you've been doing something for a while and then someone comes with new information that sounds bad on that thing, you are going to be defensive, you know? We are going mm -hmm. to be defensive. And, 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 and with regard to how it, 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 the music and so religion per se, religion, the religion of our ancestors um, in West Africa are more along the lines of what voodoo is in Haiti, right? What Santeria is in um, Hispanic, Afro-Hispanic cultures and what an cultural Obia. So Obia is demonized in Jamaica because there's Obia is devil's work and whatever. What happened to Obia is Obia went underground. And of course, anything that goes underground is going to get see something as bad and evil. Not the, the money, but Obia Obia is 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 is, is as, as characters of religions and spiritualities which are way older than Christianity or Islam, you know? Because West mm -hmm. Africa, we as descendants of slaves don't know just how we, we weren't taught about our culture, but, but our culture, our history, language, and music goes so far way beyond European, you know? So whenever you try to tell someone that, hey, you know, like Christian the way the way Christianity got to um the West Africa and then the Caribbean. It's through slavery. And people people don't, people want to ask, people want to, as, as people, black people, we want to think that, yes, this slavery was bad, discrimination was bad, you know? Taking away our land was bad, but don't talk about Christianity. So, you know, we, 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 we've been, we, we are a spiritual people. And if what we used to do was taken away, we're going to latch on to what we were taught. In our minds, Christianity is the, is the, is the, is the um, religion of our people. That is not true. Christ, out of all the, 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 the people who are practicing Christianity, West Africans are on the latest because the first attempt to bring Christianity to, 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 to our ancestors were by the Portuguese. The Portuguese failed because we were so strong in our spirituality, we didn't have anything to do with it. You know, but after years of, you know, of, 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 of the British coming back and trying to force it and, and, and in the Caribbean, when we got here, even when we got to the Caribbean and America and, and the islands, we weren't Christians. We were fighting to, to practice our, our African spirituality, right? But mm -hmm. the colonizers knew that within our spiritualities was our strength. You know, that was our strength. And they knew that if we continued, we could free ourselves. So they, they outlawed every, every worship of, 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 of African spirituality. And the last thing that was outlawed was the drum, the, Afri the West African drum in the, late, in the late 1800s or 1700s. Because they realized that when everything was, was, um, was, um, outlawed, the drum was still able to communicate the spirits and the messages across mountains in the colonies, right? So they outlawed mm -hmm. drums in the regions. And so so so, so, so I'm trying to, to, to bridge the to, to bridge the gap of how they would have to know about our spirituality and also our music because they're both they're both woven together by the blood of our ancestors, which you know, which were long before the Christian intervention. So when you when you when you go to a session and see like a, a kumina performance, right? Or a gere I spoke about before, like in the night when someone's dead and you're 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 waking them up to go to the ancestors. When you're watching a gere performance, or we call it nine night, that is directly unfiltered from Africa. However, the music they sing sometimes are some of the Christian chants, you know, because that infiltrated it. But, but that's one thing I would love people to explore or, or, or the history of our spirituality. 
and her music, especially when it comes to um, Kumina, Dinky Mini, Gere, Mento. You know, these are things that are rich and not gentrified. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it, it's, not, it's not vegan culture per se. You know, it's not gentrified <laughs> culture. It's rich, raw West African spirituality that existed long before anyone knew or before Islam or Judaism or Christianity made their step on this earth. I like that you're that you're saying that and and thank you for also pointing out these these genres of music and the connections that they have because I think unfortunately one of the things that I notice as you know a non-Jamaican person is that so many of the musical exports are commodified and um I I like the I like knowing now that you've you've told us that there is a music culture there that you know, really isn't like for the mass commodification and, and, you know, it speaks to the roots of the people. And I, I think that's important. So I encourage anyone listening to please listen to that as well. Next time you're listening to dance hall, you know, switch over after a while and, and listen to something else. Um, I want to give you an, an opportunity, a chance to let our audience know where they can find you, what you're up to. I know that you have a lot of, of different things going on, but let us know where we can find you on social media and where we can listen to more of your work. Yes. Um, so, um, so mainly you can find me at Raul Blaze, R-A-U-L underscore Blaze as in the fire. Um, I recently got my own radio show, and it's on an internet radio called Streaming Hub Radio, with broad- with, which broadcasts to hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And you can find just just search Streaming Hub, but how you spell streaming by don't add an don't add a G on streaming. Where you put that G, just put an N. So streaming is spelled with two N's and no G. Streaming Hub Radio. You can just search for that in, in, in Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter, Roku TV, Alexa, Spotify, iTunes. And I'm on the Raul Blaze show um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So I'm in the middle of the week and, um, and, and, and I'm on Streaming Hub Radio and the show is called the Raul Blaze Show. So if you find me on, if you find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, my name is Raul Blaze, and then you might see me advertising where you can find the, the link to my show. And of course, my, I'm sure my book is available in other places because I'm absorbing the information while I'm on, on here with you. I searched, while I was at the bus stop, I searched Barnes & Noble because I couldn't believe when I searched Raul A. Davis. So my entertainment name is Raul Blaze, but my name is Raul A. Davis, Raul Alistair Davis. So if you search Raul A. Davis on A. Davis on, on um, Barnes and Noble, you should be able to see my book, which is called Femi Patwa. I will add links to your show and your socials and to your book in the show notes for this episode so that anyone listening can click and find you and and interact with your content right away. Yes, sounds good. Thank you so much for this conversation, Raul. And I had so much fun chatting with you and learning more about your culture and and about the Patois language. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I was here today.
I like to end each episode on the same question. Mm-hmm. And that is, do you have any jokes, tongue twisters, cool slang words, idioms, or advice in Jamaican Patois to share? Okay. Um, I would say in Jamaica. So in Jamaica, we have um, a double celebrity word that we use to describe things and they exist. And they're also coming from African languages. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach you maybe two. So if something, if something is untidy, but in kind of in kind of a, a wet way or a damp way like mud, right? If something is untidy that way, we call it meke meke. Meke meke. Meke meke. Meke meke. Rainfall, rainfall, and him walking at the house with him shoes. And now the house also so meke meke. Or rainfall and somebody come on the carpet and just damp and meke meke. So meke meke is, is, is like untidy, but now wet way. You understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's one. <laughs> and um, the, if someone is struggling with something, for example, I have I walk I have a suitcase coming from the airport, but I'm I'm walking from side to side, and I'm clearly struggling with it. The verb is called logo logo, logo logo, L O G L O G logo. Logo logo. Yeah, look up, look at my logo logo. With this. Somebody help him with the suitcase. Look at your mother a logo logo with the suitcase, and I can't help her. Come on, man. You know, so look for something that's too heavy. I'm on my while walking. Thank you so much again for this conversation. I had a wonderful time chatting with you. Before I let you go, don't think about it too hard. But in this situation, after we've been talking for a while and, you know, talking about some complex things, um, two people are getting ready to go separate ways. What would be the best way in Patois to say goodbye? What would Walk good. Walk good. Yeah. Walk good here. Walk good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Walk good, Raul. Thank yes. you so much again. Yes, walk good. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Right. Take care. Bye. Walk good. Mm-hmm.